0: Now, if you're around the way and you're dropping 60 at a rucko, it's going to be a good chance. If you're looking to go overseas to make 500000 or you're looking to get in the G League team, you're going to get picked It used up, to be so. an
1: urban legend like, yo, you speak on top 65 on Buddy's right, head. Right, right. Earl the he-
0: Goat, man, and goat used to touch the top of the back. If Earl the Goat, man, and goat was around these days, he would be in the NBA for
2: sure. So, we
1: hit the windmill and then did the backwards dunk and then he right. had right. <gasps> right. I'm telling right. you the truth. i seen it with my right. own eyes. What's up? What's up? Welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss. You might have seen me on Sports Illustrated, SNY, you know, representing for my Knicks fandom. And also, if you follow me on Twitter, talking all the smack because my Dallas Cowboys are 4-1, baby. How about them Cowboys? Oh
2: Unbelievable. I'm your boy Christian Winfield, a.k.a. Chris Blast. I'm the senior NBA writer and Brooklyn Nest Beat reporter at the New York Daily News, which means I have the headache of covering the entire situation (laughs) in Brooklyn right now. And trust me when I say it is a headache. What's going
0: on, everybody? This is Chris Matthews. A lot of you know me as Lethal Shooter. Um, I'm training your favorite shooters, favorite shooter. Um, lucky to be on this podcast with two amazing people.
1: Lethal's always the sweet talker. Well, first and right. foremost, thanks for joining us, everybody, and kicking it with us each and every week. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. There's no vowels in the word buckets. Why? Because we're too cool for all that. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Make sure you interact with us because you never know you might hear your comment on air next show all right so we are going to do things a little bit differently this episode the season starts next week and i'm so excited because it's been a very long off season and in anticipation of opening night this week our three on five segment we put together a few awards to predict the upcoming season ladies and gentlemen i present to you the certified buckets preseason awards All right, so award number one, Certified Sleeper. So this award goes to a team that nobody is talking about, that everyone is sleeping on. Christian, I'm going to start with you. Who are you giving your preseason Certified Sleeper Team Award to?
2: You know, I think that for the Sixers not having Ben Simmons has kind of created a little bit of doubt as to whether they'll actually be able to contend in the East. But give, given everything that's going on with the Nets not having Kyrie uh, for as long as he's going to be out, which we'll talk about later, um, you know, the Sixers look like a team that are, are very strong. They, they, they look... Solid defensively in their preseason game uh, against the Nets. And they didn't have Ben Simmons. They didn't have Tobias Harris. They didn't have their six best players. Well, six of their best players out there. Um, Joel Embiid is just going to be dominant every single year. There's nobody, I think, in the NBA that could stop him one-on-one. And and these guys just look like they've built upon last year. Last year, obviously, they had that disappointing exit um, to the Hawks. And uh, I think they're ready to take that next step. So that's one of my sleeper teams. Another one I've got is is the Chicago Bulls. If they don't absolutely implode and and that's never off the table uh, (laughs) with with, with the Bulls, I think they're a team that can really make some noise because you've got Lonzo, you've got DeMar DeRozan, you've got Zach Levine, and you've got Nikola Vucevic. You've got kind of like a four-point system there. It's just, you know, can they keep it together? You
1: got to choose one. Stop playing safe. Stop playing safe. Pick one.
2: If I had to pick one, I'd go with Philly. I think people are overlooking Philly, and that's a team I think that could come out of the East.
0: No, I agree with you, uh, Chris. Uh, I was I was gonna say the Bulls myself because, you know, they're they're getting the the fame a little bit on social media, but nobody's bringing up their their uh, their name for like the playoffs and stuff of that nature. And I feel like there's there's they're gonna be one of the teams that come out of the East because in the preseason, the way they were moving the ball, it seems like it was less pressure off Zach Levine. So I'm excited to see how this works because you know the one thing I can say about Caruso and the one thing I can say about that 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 player Ball, they know how to they know how to play basketball, and I'm excited to see them work.
1: If I can't pick my New York Knicks because it's bias, um, <laughs> I'm going to head over to the West coast and I'm going to go with the Utah jazz. I think people okay. are underestimating and healthy Donovan Mitchell. Now this of course is going to be based on the fact that he can stay healthy for the entirety of the season, or at least the part of the season that really matters the most right after that all-star break. But I think people forget how good of a team this actually is when all the pieces are moving and clicking and gelling at the right time. Um, I'm a huge fan of Donovan Mitchell. I think Rudy Gobert, obviously, there's a reason that he's won Defensive Player of the Year so many times. I think they're really well coached. I think they're deep in all the right places. And I think they're a really complete team. And look... The West is going to be a lot more open than I think people think. Obviously, everyone's all their eyes are on the Los Angeles Lakers, as it should be. You have a team of five Hall of Famers, right? But the Clippers, you know, that's kind of up in the air, that situation. Is Kawhi going to be able to play at all this season? And if he does play, what month is that going to be when he's actually able to start practicing with the team again? And is it going to be a little bit too late? Will Paul George be able to hold down the fort in his absence? Obviously, you have the Phoenix Suns. A lot of people say they haven't really drastically gotten better. They're pretty much the same team. And because sure. a lot of people say they kind of lucked in going coming out of the West last season because of all the injuries and things like that, with a highly competitive West team, will they see that same magic again? I don't know. But I, I think that the Utah Jazz are probably one of the most complete teams in the West. So you definitely cannot sleep on them. That is for sure.
2: I would agree with you there, Ash. You know, one thing we know, two things we know about the Jazz. They're always going to give 100%. And the defense is always going to be solid, right? That's the trademarks of a Quinn Snyder team. And, and as long as that Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley pairing continues to to grow, and then as long as Donovan Mitchell takes that year-over-year leap, like we've seen him do every year in his career, um, I, I don't see very many teams out West being able to deal with them except for, you know what I'm saying, the Lakers, Um. really, that's it. You know, I I think that the Jazz are going to give a lot of other teams out West a hard time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Spider deserves some postseason success. That is for sure.
0: Absolutely. He goes hard. Oh, for sure. I mean, listen,
1: it was sad to see him go out the way that he did um, last season because he was playing great basketball. And ultimately, the league is just better with him in it. Um, Just like I feel about Klay Thompson and Golden State. I know we didn't mention them, but you always got to keep a lookout for Golden State. The Splash Brothers are reunited and it feels so good. I'm so excited to see them back (laughs) together on my TV screen. It was a long, sad season seeing Steph Curry fend for himself out there. It was was tough. It It was a tough time for Golden State Warrior fans. Award number two, Certified Breakout. Okay, so this award is given to the player we think is the next major NBA superstar. Okay, superstar. The bucket getter most likely to have a season that will put them on the map. Lethal, who do you got?
0: I mean, I know everybody's talking about him, but I really think... I mean, he's not really under the radar, but I got to go with Ooh. Um mm-hmm. I feel like. I mean... Me personally, for somebody to be that young, to let a team be on his back, like he literally came into a franchise that all due respect to Charlotte, all due respect to Michael Jordan, that franchise was tanking, you know? And he came in and gave that franchise style, swag, and most importantly, he came in he was like the Magic Johnson that everybody – it was like people were looking up to him on what to do on the court. I'm not trying to say he's just like (laughs) Magic Ash, but he was doing a good job of facilitating the ball, and most importantly – He's doing a good job of being a leader. We haven't heard anything in the offseason about him doing this or doing that. He's he's doing whatever it takes to, to turn this franchise around. So I feel like he's going to be one of the faces... Um, uh, of the future of the NBA, I'm real confident in him. Not
1: only that, but apparently he's an exceptional business mind because if you believe the blogs, right. he makes Instagram models pay to rent out his Rolls Royce for like smart birthday bands. parties and vacations and things like that. So he's smart on and off the court, and I can respect yeah. that. Shout out to Lavar; he's yeah. rated. He's he's raising businessmen over there.
0: Facts. People talk about Lamelo because he's you know he's the cool thing, but people aren't talking about that. Like this guy is going to be potentially one of the
2: faces of the nba if we're talking breakout star right the next guy who's going to be a bucket getter we got to go with tyler hero right i mean he's over here saying that you know i feel like my name should be in the category of luca Doncic and trey young and john ja morant that would make him a breakout star
1: how do you honestly feel about that because look i've worked with the miami heat in, in some capacity you know being on sports radio in miami for two years I, you know, was involved in those press conferences and those media days and things like that. And Tyler Hero, I think has a great has great potential. I really do. I don't think we've actually seen it. I think we've seen it in spurts. I don't think we've seen it consistently. I think that's the critique of him. I think that when he's really good, you're like Tyler Hero is the future. He's going to be one of the stars in the NBA. And then when he's really bad, you're like, "Okay, so we probably should have traded this guy, right?" But to put yourself in a conversation with someone like Luca, who's carried an entire franchise respectfully by himself, because Porzingis, you know, has his own situations. When you put somebody in a conversation with John Morant, who is the future of the Memphis Grizzlies and is also my pick for this award, because I think that we're going to see a level of John Morant that we have not seen yet. You kind of look at Tyler Hero like, yeah, the potential absolutely is there. I can never doubt someone's potential. But we haven't seen it. So how can you say it? You know what I mean?
2: You know, here's what I'll say. We all try to manifest things in our life. You know what I'm saying? right? Like you like you try to manifest a, a, a new job. I'll try to manifest a new car. I'll try to manifest a new, a, a new client. New man. You know, maybe, hey. Right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you got to <laughs> But I mean, hey, may, maybe, maybe Tyler Hero is trying to manifest a, a new level in his career. Whether, whether that's realistic, I don't know. I don't see him ever getting to the, the Trey Young, Luka Doncic, John Morant level because that would require an offense to kind of be built around him, and I don't think... He's, he's built like that. But, I mean, sure, shoot for the moon. You know what I'm saying? Aim for the stars. Wherever you land is where you land.
0: No, I agree with you as well. Uh, to compare it to those names, those, those players are literally putting an entire team on his back. Until that time comes, we'll know. But the team he's based on right now, um, he's a great player, a great person. I know him personally. But, you know, right now he's a role player and the players that he named, basically those, those entire teams are built around them so those players can be role players for them. So right now we know the players like uh, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and all those guys, they're, they're not going to take a seat to, to Tyler <laughs> Euro just yet, you know what I mean, until the time comes. So, I mean, I, I like you said, Chris, I love that type of energy because that shows the type of he's pissed. He's pissed because he knew last year, uh, you know, as a friend, he, he, he shot very bad. He played very bad. He didn't play to his level of excellence. He absolutely yeah he didn't so if he comes out and have a great season good but to get on those that level of the guys that he names he has that's going to take unfortunately about 2 3 years of consistency because some of those players they literally, if you take those players off the team, those teams won't win a game. You know, all due respect to Tyler, if you take him off the heat, they'll still win games. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And,
1: and to that, I mean, look, he's a new dad. Maybe he has a yeah. new reason, his why. You know, a lot of these guys. Yeah, he's hungry. A lot of these guys, yeah. their hunger comes from their family. And, and they yeah. say when there's a new addition, when they become a father, whether it's, you know, a boy dad or a girl dad, there's a new spark. You know, there's a new reason that you want to be better and you want to do better and you want to reach a new level. Um, I do think that Tyler here is also in a really good position because when you are on a team that has Jimmy Butler, that now has Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo, who's going to be the future of that franchise, your development can fly under the radar a little bit. You don't have to be under the same amount of pressure, that same microscope that those guys that I just mentioned are. So you can kind of develop at maybe a little bit of a slower pace, at your own pace, and not feel the pressure of the franchise on your shoulders. And that's something that he should definitely use to his advantage because you are, you know, not you're not the star of that team, so you are awarded because of that different priv- privileges, and those privileges are kind of anonymity in a will, in a way. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and you know, kind of going back to the actual topic, which is the certified breakout player that I have. You know, I've got two players that I think are going to take a step forward.
1: Choose one. Stop playing, stop playing at safe.
2: <laughs> Listen, this is, this is why players get mad at me, too. I always got two <laughs> questions instead of one. Um, well, well, Jordan Poole doesn't necessarily fall into the superstar category, but I think he's going to be a guy that breaks out this season for, for Golden State. We've seen what he's been able to do in preseason. But in terms of taking that step from star to maybe superstar, I, I think we're going to see a different form of Jalen Brown this year. Mm. Um, I mm. think the Celtics team actually needs him to step up. I think he mm. may doka is the perfect type of coach for what they're trying to do and uh you know jalen brown is a guy who we've seen him be that three-point threat we've seen him be that that defensive stopper but what happens now when the the Defense is so keyed in on on Jason Tatum that they need somebody else to create a shot. Well, before it was Kemba, before it was, you know what I'm saying, before it was Kyrie, before it might have even been Terry. Now it's it's gonna be more time.
1: Where where's where Kemba? Why is Kemba not in Boston anymore? Where is he? You know, you know,
2: Kemba, Kemba's at home. Where is where's, home. Kemba, Kemba where's home. home? Kemba went home. Where's <laughs> home? Kemba went home. He's on he's a nickname. Yeah, that's That's good. New, that's New York Knicks. Just want to
1: go ahead and put that out there. Just so- No,
2: these are facts. But but I think Jalen Brown is the guy that we're gonna see take that that next step. And I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Boston definitely needs that because they seem to always be one step away from being the team that we expect them to be every single season. So, 100%. All right, so award number three. Now, this is one of my personal favorites because it's all about the swagger. I'm talking the Certified Swag Award. This is given to a player with the most drip. Too much dip on their chip, as Cam Newton would say. The man you would most likely catch strutting down a runway. Lethal, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think has the wardrobe to turn heads this season? And I'm going to be mad if you take my pick, but go ahead.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm not really big on fashion because I don't really dress as much as these guys. But the <laughs> one guy that definitely inspires me and and makes me say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to wear some jeans today, or I'm, I'm going to wear
1: some jeans get, today,
0: or, 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 or I'm gonna, <laughs> or I'm gonna step out the box a little bit. I, I would say Jordan Clarkson. Like mm, when, I, when okay. I see him, when I see him post, it, it definitely gives me motivation to 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 be different. Because the one thing I can say about his swag and most importantly the, what you say, drip that he's putting on. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's stealing nobody else's style. Like this guy has a style of his own. And the one thing I can say about him too, like I I don't think I've ever seen him wear the same stuff. He's always different.
1: I would hope not. So,
0: so, yeah. So that's my guy. Shout out to my guy, Jordan, man. Keep it up. You're motivating a lot of us out there to, to step up our wardrobe and, and, and you're changing the game.
2: You know, there's, there's a lot of fly guys in the NBA. A lot. But only one of them is on the board of Saks Fifth Avenue. O- only one of them we see over International Fashion Week every year. <laughs> that's James Harden. I, I-, I think he's just going to be the flyest guy. Just I mean, I-, I got a chance to interview a stylist before, and his stylist is also PJ Tucker stylist, and PJ Tucker gets fly. Mm-hmm. So-, so that's also going to play into it. I-, I don't think there's anyone that's really competing with him. That, that man knows how to dress.
1: I'm gonna go Russell Westbrook because mm. Brody is just, listen, Brody is different and I love it. I think one right. of the favorite my favorite things about him is that people can say whatever they want about him, about how he dresses, but when he wears something, he believes in. Every single aspect of it. And he wears it with confidence. And I think a lot of the times that's what fashion is, right? Fashion is subjective. It's art. So what you like, I may not like. And what I like, you may not like. But that's what's cool about it. And I think that what makes people different is not necessarily, you know, the thought that goes into the outfit or, you know, how much it costs and things like that it's the attitude behind it and I think that's the difference maker in anything that you wear and Westbrook has this attitude like you don't like it cool you don't have to wear it I'm wearing it and this is what it looks like and I think that that kind of mindset is just what makes him so likable in the fashion game he's not afraid to take chances he's not afraid to wear things that people may look at him crazy for because he likes it when he wore you know the, the kilt and everyone was making fun of him because he had the skirt on or whatever it's actually a kilt a lot of men a you kilt. know in Ireland and things like that they wear it but well,
0: this isn't Ireland,
1: but I agree. What I loved about it is that he wore it with such confidence, and that's all you can respect in somebody who's willing to take chances. And also, look, Jalen Green.
0: Yeah. Jalen Green's yeah. going to
1: make some noise this season Because he he's different, he different also If his draft day outfit is any indication Of what kind of heat he's walking oh, through the my. tunnel With this season We're going to see a lot of dope things And he's another one that reminds me a lot of Westbrook He, he care. doesn't care He wears what he wants to wear He has the attitude He has the painted fingernails The crazy hair He got hair. that good
2: hair He had a jerry curl bet. for I, knew, uh, I, for I the draft I knew Russ, day too <laughs> I knew Russ was different when he came to when he came to the game Dressed like a, a construction worker When he had the little the joint little on <laughs> <laughs> over I, I, I knew at that point he was beyond saving. So oh, do, do your thing, Russ.
1: I think that you have to love you know, Brody for that. I think you either love him or you hate him for that. And I think that that's what makes him so endearing. I think on and off the court, just in his game also, he just does not care about people's opinions of him. He's very secure in who he is. Yeah. He's very aware of what his goals are in life. He knows what his character is. He knows who rocks with him. He knows who doesn't. And if you don't like him, he doesn't care. He's still moving how he moves. And I can respect people who have that mindset because that's kind of, that's a lot of how I think. And I think a lot of people should move like that. So shout out to Westbrook I. Right. I appreciate I you.
0: agree.
1: All right. So this topic gets uh, juicy because there's a lot of, Uh-oh. there's a lot of um, conversation that's oh, going to go brother. around this one, especially with the recent news of, of Christian, a team that you know very well, the Brooklyn Nets, but award number four certified champs, because there can only be one winner and it wouldn't be yeah. a proper preseason award show without the finals prediction. Christian, who do you see taking the crown this season?
2: I mean, at this point, it's hard for me to to choose anyone not named the Los Angeles Lakers. I would hope I mean, so. On one side of the of the country, you've got a team that's, you know what I'm saying, quiet. They're not really making headlines. They're, they're just working. You know what I'm saying? You can see the Lakers. They're, they're 0-4 in preseason, but you can see them actually building. And, and on another team, on the, on the other side, you've got distractions. You've got players that are in and out of the rotation. You've got a guy in Kyrie Irving who's not going to be allowed to play any games let alone or not road not away anything until he gets vaccinated and there's no indication that he's going to get vaccinated and then you've got a team that also still has holes in their roster to fill you know what I'm saying well what happens now if you know now who do you move into to Kyrie's spot do they have to play big now so you can move Joe Harris down to the 2 and KD down to the 3 um it's tough so for me obviously I would go with the Lakers but then out in the east you know, you got to look at the Bucs and you got to look at the 76ers as teams that are now kind of one up over the Nets. Because when you just look at the top heaviness on that roster, yes, you have KD and you have James Harden. But there's such a drop off after those two players in mm-hmm. terms of talent that these other teams, the Bucs and the Sixers, they they start to bridge that gap. So I'm looking at the Lakers. That's for sure. a good
1: point. And that's one thing. That's a criticism I've always had of Brooklyn is that they're probably the most talented team when they have their entire yeah. roster. Right but they're not mm-hmm. the most complete team in the sense that there's yeah. a drastic difference in the front runners of that team and everybody else. And I think if you look at some of the other teams in the East, they're, the talent is more evenly dispersed, right? So if you were to lose, yeah. say... Giannis for a couple of games, you those games are still winnable in a series because you have, you know, so many other guys who can carry that load. But if you lose Kyrie Irving, you lose James Harden, it's Kevin Durant out there fending for himself and he's got to play 45 minutes a game and drop, you know, 40 points and just these crazy numbers. Um, and I agree with you. I think that when you take Kyrie out of the equation, obviously they're still an immensely talented team, but they're not as talented. And I think that there are other teams that are able to combat that absence better than the Brooklyn Nets. So you are saying right now that if Kyrie cannot play, they're not coming out of the East. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, and and it pains me to say that, but you got to think about taking a guy like Kyrie out of the rotation adds so much more onto the plate of a guy like James Harden, onto a plate of a guy like Kevin Durant, and these are guys that you want for the long haul, right? So after a season of trying to, you know what I'm saying, get this team to finish third in the East or fourth in the East, depending on where they finish, now after carrying all that mileage, you got to play— 48 minutes a game in the playoffs just to stay alive. It, it's tough. So uh, I think the Nets are going to be now a team that's going to be active in the trade market and in the buyout market because they have to be. But it, it's just going to be tough. You have too much inconsistency to start this season. It's, it's not ideal. So give me
1: your Eastern Conference pick, your Western Conference pick, and in that series, who wins and in how many games?
2: Uh, I, at this point, I think I'm going Lakers-Bucks. You know, I think, I think and, and in that matchup, it's hard to bet against LeBron. So I go Lakers-Bucks and probably Lakers in six.
1: All right. Lethal, who you rocking
2: with?
0: Yeah, I was asked this question yesterday, but I said the Lakers and the Nets. Not not hearing the news about Kyrie today, so I kind of want to switch it up. So if people watch the other show <laughs> I was on yesterday. Don't you know? Don't come against me, but um, I can't say the Nets anymore. Me, I, I think I want to go with the Heat, only because Ooh. you know picking up Kyle Lowry was was major for them. Like he's yeah. he's a dog, just like Jimmy Butler, and it's gonna be kind of tough to get through everything they have now because you know. They're going to give Tyler Uro that battery pack. They're going to give Robinson that battery pack. And, they, you know, they're just loaded to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kyrie, I have the Nets. But without Kyrie, all due respect to those guys, I have Miami. He coming out, and I have the Lakers coming out. I have the Lakers win it all. Um, just like you guys saying, it's a little bit of downfall. They have great role players, the Lakers do. But I feel like, you know, there, there's a downfall that if, if an injury happens or if we have to rely on the bench, it's just preseason, but it's just—it's not selling to me uh, th- that it might be a championship team. But I still think they'll win it, but I don't think it's going to be easy. So I think it's going to go to the last game if the Lakers and the Heat go at it.
1: That's honestly my exact prediction. I have Lakers wow. and the Miami Heat. I still think yeah. that the the Nets, with or without Kyrie, can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I mm-hmm. think though, when it comes to that level of competition, the more complete team will win. I don't necessarily think it's always about the better team because basketball is a team sport and Kevin Durant and James Harden can only do so much on their own. Um, the Heat are well-coached. They are deep Um, And I think we're going to see a different type of Miami Heat team than we saw last season. Obviously, with the addition of Kyle Lowry, it's going to be a huge difference maker. It gives them a lot more scoring power. The spacing on the floor is going to look a lot different. Um, Defense has never been so much of an issue in Miami. It's really been the opposite side of that. I think that this team is going to look drastically different. I do have the series going seven if they face the Lakers. Um, you know, anything can happen in game seven. Obviously my gut tells me to go with a LeBron James led team, especially if they're fully healthy. Um, but it's going to be a dog fight for sure. Um, I think that's going to be the rematch of that, that bubbles matchup where Jimmy Butler was injured. I'm um, not injured. I'm sorry. Where Bam Adebayo was injured and Dragic, who's no longer on the team. He was injured and the Lakers faced a Miami heat team, not at their best. And I think this is going to get the, we're going to get the rematch that we deserve. And they're going to see a completely different heat team. It's gonna it's gonna suck definitely for Nets fans. It's gonna suck for Kevin Durant. This is not what he signed up for. But you you kind of take the cards and you deal with the hand that you're dealt. And unfortunately, unless he can talk some sense into his boy Kyrie, and hopefully he can. I mean, look, they have a friendship outside of the game of basketball. If anybody can kind of turn his mindset and, and help him to see the bigger picture, which is the team and winning a championship, it's Kevin Durant. But as of right now, if he's not gonna show up, it, the team is gonna drastically suffer when it counts.
2: Here here's one thing I I remember from last season when the Bucks and the Heat played in that first round and the Bucks swept them. You know Giannis said, "We didn't want to play with our food." And, and that's, that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful to a team like the like the Heat. So I think they don't they have that in the back of their minds and I'm ready to see that playoff matchup because at this point it looks like that's what it's going to come down to.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. All right, so last but certainly not least, it's the Certified Bucket of the Year. Now, this goes to a player who we feel will be an absolute walking bucket this year. I'm talking about they eat, sleep, drink buckets. They just make it rain, and it is the player that the league will not be able to contain. Lethal, as the Certified Bucket won this panel, who do you Perhaps. have?
0: I got to go with the guy that played on my high school team and I've been seeing him getting buckets since the ninth grade. I got to go with Kevin Durant. Oh,
1: come Um, on. Easy (laughs) pick. Stop.
0: I I mean, we can't name a better score in NBA history. Uh, I feel that's that's seven foot fade away one leg. You know, it's nothing he can't do. I mean, the closest thing is to me was Dirk Nowinski, but Dirk Dirk Nowinski didn't have the the handle. All due respect to Dirk, uh, I look up to him, but he didn't he doesn't have the handle like Kevin Durant. I feel like he's one of the best. He's the best scorer of all time, and he's the certified bucket of the year. Because the one thing I can say, and I know Chris agree with this. If if that team didn't get hurt last year, the way Kevin was mm-hmm. going, I, they might have won a championship. Because mm. that dude, that dude was if on his foot was so. like
1: half an inch smaller. If, if Yo. it's,
0: oh, you half already know, an inch you smaller. know he wears like oh, he wears man. like a twenty two. So <laughs> you know what I mean. So that's my guy. I think about that every night. I mean, I'm
1: sure I'm sure he does <laughs> too. I'm sure night, he looks yeah. at his feet and he's like, damn you feet, eh, <laughs>
2: it's crazy. this close. And, and lethal, lethal stole my pick, but I got a backup. You know, I. I do think that Jalen Brown is going to take that step forward, but I think mm. Jason Tatum is also mm. going to take another step forward. That man is unguardable. You know what I'm saying? His bag is just so deep. The way he's able to get, he can get his bucket wherever he wants. He can just walk up the court and shoot over you. He can score basically every dip way that you ask. Um, and I, I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be, like, actually tough to stop, like, unguardable this year for sure
1: mine's going to be a little bit different i'm going to head down Uh-oh. to the 305 and i'm going to go bam out of bio i think mm. what? <laughs> yeah check this out check this out bam no oh has been goodness. talking about how he's been working on his three point game all season long, Udonis Haslam- Hey,
2: Ashley, everyone says that every other season. There's this video
1: evidence and Udonis- There's always video evidence. Udonis Haslam, <laughs> check this out. Udonis Haslam, the president of the 305, says that the strides that Bam is going to make this season are going to be unprecedented. I think the only mm. thing that has been missing in his game, and if you watch Bam closely, which I have, you know, working at one point with that team, like I mentioned, and also living in Miami, you can't not see a heat game- I think that Bam's game, the only thing that he's really missing is that long range and an accurate mid-range. And if he has put the work in... And he has done all these and made all these strides. Like It is being said that he has. He's going to be very, very dangerous this season. And he's going to be very, very hard to guard. I think that we are going to see Bam Adebayo 2.0. And I think that this season is going to be um, the foreshadowing of the Bam that we are going to see in this Miami Heat franchise for a very long time. That is a Exceptional player, and I think Miami and Pat Riley knew exactly what they were doing when they drafted him. It, it's gonna be a, oh, it's gonna absolutely. be a fun, it's gonna be a fun season to watch. I'm telling you,
2: I have faith in that, Ash. Oh, I have faith Ashley. in that. I have faith let, in that.
1: Let me, let me, let me. And this is coming so from a Knicks fan, then, so just, just put that into perspective.
2: So the Nets hired hired Kyle Corver this summer as a as a shooting consultant, whatever you want to call it, player development consultant. And the first thing he did was work with Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton. And Bruce Brown is a guy who couldn't shoot the three last year. But over the offseason, we're seeing these videos of him knocking down threes in training camp. Uh Uh-oh, here comes Bruce Brown. Here comes Bruce Brown, three and D. Nothing's changed. Are you comparing so, uh, Bruce Brown to
1: Bam out of bio. Is that what you're doing?
2: I'm comparing the need to add a three-point shot. And not even a three-point shot. Take the
1: three-point shot away. His mid-range game is really what is gonna be a difference maker. For not everybody can hit long range threes. That f-
0: that free yeah. throw corner. Not everybody shot. is yeah. not everybody is if he hits that that corner yeah. free throw. Not everybody is I, Damian I, I Lillard, Damian. not everybody
1: is Steph I, Curry, not everybody can shoot from the logo. But that mid-range game, although people like to clown on you. it, that is a huge difference maker, and that is what takes somebody from level B to level A as a player and if you don't believe me ask you. lethal
2: mm, yeah I agree with her I feel you I just I think I think I think you you got caught by the PR spin
1: listen if it, if I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't I didn't when, I, when
2: players just, we'll, Chris when players be in the summer they 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 post a video <laughs> making
0: two threes in a row yeah, the, yo, the season. now so they're they a lethal shooter we,
1: when Bam is putting up crazy stat lines make sure we circle back to this conversation and we run, yeah, we run right, the tape yeah. and when you just let up let everybody know you heard it here first alright that's all I'm saying Right, yeah, yeah. right right
2: right we'll right. see we
1: will
2: see <laughs> Cool, that does it for three on five. Let's see what's popping on the timeline.
1: You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL.
2: Ashley, I know, I know you got thoughts on this. So The Rock commented on the <laughs> obviously we had the the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fight, and I'm I'll just say real quick, I am so disappointed. So disappointed. And my boy Deontay Wilder, and, and I'm gonna get on that, but I want to go to you, Ashley, first because I know you got you got some thoughts on this. The Rock tweeted about this fight and. Number one, first he starts off by saying this is one of the greatest fights that he's ever seen, which, I mean, it, it was a one-sided beatdown, if you ask me. But that's just me. And he said <laughs> this for two reasons. Number one is that he, Tyson Fury was undefeated going in, and he said congrats to him as a champion and his friend. And he said it was a beautiful and resilient performance from Tyson Fury. And then he says what and a quote-unquote on-the-shield heart that Deontay Wilder has. And he said he was inspired by both men. I wasn't inspired by that performance because I watched. I watched— deontay get beat down Uh, actually what what do you think i mean i think
1: i think i was inspired by this fact that simply this was the best i think we've seen deontay wilder if you if especially if you compare it to the first two fights i mean he listen he had the fight of the dog in him he would not quit until he had to quit and i think especially seeing the last fight where it was forced to end because his trainer threw the towel in and when i interviewed him A couple of days prior to the fight, he wanted to go out on his own terms. And for him, that meant if he was going to lose, he was going to lose by knockout. He wasn't going to lose because someone ended the fight for him. And I think that's what he's referring to. I think a lot of fighters, athletes in general, just have pride. They want to go out on their own terms. And that's exactly what happened. He went as far as he could go with him. I mean, listen, Fury is a better boxer. Let's just call it what it is. But I think that you know Deontay Wilder would not quit. I mean, couple knockdown after knockdown, he just kept getting up, and he kept getting up until he couldn't get up anymore. And you have to respect that. I mean, I think it was a great fight. That's what you want to see. You want to see perseverance. You want to see that level of endurance. You want to see you know that pride. He was running on pure adrenaline at one point. He was exhausted, but he would not quit. And I think that's what he's referring to. I enjoyed the fight. I don't think we need a fourth one. Would I pay for a fourth one? Would I watch it? Absolutely. Do we need? it no and i'm also you know what i also have an issue with this deontay wilder is american how come all these americans are not rooting for their own people why are we rooting for the british dude what's going on here you
2: know why you know why ash we don't we don't even i'll give drake
1: a pass he's from canada he doesn't know any better but why are we doing (laughs) why is the (laughs) rock the rock is from america no actually he's from canada too isn't he
2: uh i don't know where the rock is from oh i don't know Uh, i I know he played canadian football maybe he is from
1: canada i'm not quite sure but if he's from america the rock you have no actually he is he's from hawaii i believe let's let's check that josh go ahead and and let me know where the rock was (laughs) born josh is one of our producers i want to know where the rock was born and raised and if it was in the u.s of a he should be ashamed Uh, of it from
2: cali the man has one combo he throws the same combo all the time. Every single time. It's predictable. He's coming with the jab, and then he's coming with the overhand right.
1: From Miami. Just want to put that out there. He's from the 305. Rock is from Miami. Oh, so, so get to your people, Ash. The audacity of you, Dwayne
2: Johnson. I am tired of watching Deontay Wilder throw the same fights, and it's like, oh, I'm coming to get you. Like, you know what's happening, and it's just the most predictable. Of course he's gonna lose every single time. No, I don't want to see a fourth fight, because we know how that's gonna go. He was he had the opportunity to maybe train with Floyd Mayweather, to not to do that instead just going with the same one-two punch that he always goes I I have no sympathy
0: yeah I gotta agree with Chris like watching that fight you know all due respect to the rock and Deontay but that flight that fight was just sloppy like I just felt like (laughs) (laughs) tough crowd. Tough crowd like Chris like Chris was saying like you know let's say somebody is a street fighter cool a street fight is not help you with this guy. You got to get the right coaching, and for and for somebody like Floyd to offer the coaching, and you to say no, that's that's unacceptable. Because the one thing about Floyd, he's going to teach you how to protect yourself, and that's the one thing you could tell that Wilder he doesn't know how to do. It. And you know, and I'm, I'm not a boxer. I'm not in that in that jungle fighting with him. But it looked like he should have had better conditioning as well. And another thing to me, it looked like, and I could be wrong. I'm just going off fights that I've seen growing up. He he doesn't protect himself well. It looked like he was just, just swinging all over the place, and Fury's just like, all right, let me just stretch this fight out for Vegas in the 12th round. He's going to knock his He's ass statis- out. He statistically because,
1: is not a good counter puncher. No. Well,
0: that's well, whatever you're weak at, like you know, Ash, you have to work on. And one thing I can say, that this fight, he was just throwing anything and everything, praying that he connected. Yeah. And, and I'm a big fan of his. Like, I was in a house, guys were placing bets. I, I lost a lot of money. Because, oh, the, the, yeah, the one time that he knocked down Fury, I thought I won, and then I'm just like, <laughs> God damn, this guy gets back up again, and I'm thinking that that Wild is going to be—he doesn't even like know how to retreat away. I felt like me, like I said, we're not in this fight, but why not move around a little he's bit? Take a, your he's time. Not a, and de- he's not
1: a good counter puncher, and a lot of boxing, a lot of boxing is good counter.
0: But that's why you need to hire the best to be the best. No disrespect to his trainer. I heard that his trainer wasn't even a good a good boxer. So the thing I'm trying no to smart. say is like, if you have the top guys that wanna that wanna help you, take the take the help and make the guy that you want to hey, make your real and, trainer. Let him be up under. And them. Malik
1: Scott, that's his trainer. In his defense, yeah. a lot of coaches weren't good basketball players, but they're really that's good not, coaches. That's, 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 so.
0: that's true. But I tell you one thing: if if I'm training a guy and Ray Allen reaches out to my client and says, "Hey man, I want to help your client." Hey look bro, fuck that. We need to get Ray in the gym tomorrow with us. You get what I'm coming from? Like like you gotta have some type of pride there. Like like you gotta wake your client up sometimes. You you said who called you? All right, Reggie Miller. Let, let's get him on a jet on the jet. You get what I'm saying? Because you gotta have some type of Be smart, you know what I mean? I know you want me to be your trainer, but look, bro, if Reggie Miller's looking to be your trainer, let's make him the lead trainer and I'll go up under him and I'll just assist him. So you get what what I mean? What
1: would be the NBA equivalent of this Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder kind of trilogy, this rivalry, this beef? Like what would be the NBA equivalent?
2: I would say probably it has to be smackdown, Chris. when, When 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 Oh yeah, that's right. Because it's not really a rivalry this, if you're not wasn't winning. That was rivalry. They ain't no rivalry. You getting your okay, ass kicked.
1: Okay, let's not let's not compare it directly. It'd probably be
2: Kobe and the Suns, right? Kobe and the Suns. Those quote unquote rivalries where oh, right, the Lakers right, always right, won right. and they wanted to jack rivalry, and they it really wasn't right, right. Right. It, it really. I, I think that'd probably be it. I, I don't remember right. I, don't, I don't know what else. Well,
1: I would say the best. I mean, if not making a, a exact <laughs> comparison to the Fury Wilder right, right, right. beef, but I would say right. the Knicks and the Miami Heat. That was probably one of the NBA's best beefs. I mean, those used to be physical altercations. Like, they would physically scrap each other. My parents would tell me stories all the time. Back in the 90s, when you'd watch those games, it'd it'd be like watching a boxing match because it was smoke. Especially when Pat Riley decided to leave via fax. Yeah, we didn't forget Pat. We remember Pat, okay? We remember what happened in New York. You sent uh, sent us a fax resignation that you weren't coming back because, James. you know what, I'm not even gonna get into that. But... Okay, there's a lot of trauma there, but those used to be some of the best games to watch. And I think, you know, even though it's died down a little bit, still don't rock with each other. It's just, it's forever smoke. Maybe, yeah.
2: maybe, maybe LeBron versus Steph, you know what I'm saying? The Warriors ran off three of those titles,
1: LA versus Boston.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of different rivalries, but again, this isn't, you can't really claim rivalry if you haven't got a win under your belt. Next up on the timeline, we've got an article from GQ that labels Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly as, quote unquote, Hollywood's new power couple. Whatever that means. Now, we could debate Hollywood power couples all day. But what I want to know, Ashley, who do you think is the sports world's most influential power couple? Do you have one?
1: First of all, calling Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly a power couple, I feel like is a stretch because I can't name one Machine Gun Kelly song. So I feel like to be a power couple, I should be able to know what both parties do and it should be significant and maybe, maybe I'm the minority here and like, he has a huge fan base and I'm just not in that demographic, but I promise you you could play me five Machine Gun Kelly songs back to back and not tell me that they are his and I would not know who they belong to. So that's first and foremost, but if I had to compare it to sports, Um, I'm going Russell Wilson and Sierra. I think that not only are they an exceptionally dressed couple, I love what they stand for as a couple, you know, their relationship with God and things like that. Um, their spirit, their spirituality, and their connection, but also I think you know that pairing has allowed Sierra to get into business ventures that she probably wouldn't have been aware of if not for Russell. I mean, she just came out with her own rum, I believe. They have a clothing line together. They have their foundation together. They purchased, I believe, a soccer team in Seattle together. I mean, they really are kind of venturing outside of their respective fields and tapping into business markets together to create that generational wealth and to create that business portfolio. And I think that's a definition of a, of a power couple is what you guys not only can do individually, but what you can do collectively as a group. And I don't think, you know, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly have really done anything collectively except give us some fire pictures on Instagram, which respect, but I mean, (laughs) it doesn't help me any. So
0: no, I agree. Um, you know, I train Machine Gun Kelly. And the one thing I can say, he's not one of those guys you that trained posts. him? To do what? I train him, yes. He played basketball. You can see some of it on my page. Oh. He, he, he's, he's a basketball fan. And, I mean, he, ac- he actually can hoop. You know, he's not a bum. He he's should. Not one he's of those seven guys feet tall. <laughs> yeah, he's about 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, but the one thing I can say, you know, we were saying that those couples are doing different things. And Machine Gun Kelly might not post it, but he does a lot of stuff for his talent. He's from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, right. he does a lot of stuff giving back to the youth and most importantly, a lot of stuff that people don't know. He has a lot, he has coffee shops. He loves wow. drinking coffee. Okay. Yeah. okay, And these are different things that people might not know about him. Of course you guys see the rock and roll, see him, you know, maybe painting his tongue black, but the one thing that everybody doesn't know, he he's very vivid in the community and, and um, he's a great father you know, I will give him that he, he, great he's father. a huge he's a great father and the one thing we can say about that he 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 publicly mm-hmm. speaks about being a proud dad so you know let's not get caught up in the rock and roll and all that stuff and let's get caught up like you know they are a hot couple you know yes stunning you know, everybody we'll loves, absolutely
1: stunning very sexy
0: yeah everybody loves Megan Fox uh, I love Machine Gun Kelly you know but Megan Fox, you know, I'm sure. it, that that helps him. That's my guy, but that helps him. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I I can see them winning the hottest new power couple. So I agree with it. Lethal, give me give me Machine Gun Kelly's NBA comparison.
2: Who 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 he play like?
0: Oh shit, he's good, bro. He not sorry. He um. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't answer We got that a
0: shooter. One. Is he sitting in the corner? Is he a shooter? Bro, you can see on my page, bro. I got a few that he probably made like 17 threes in a oh. row. Oh wow! Um, like yeah, okay. he's not. He's not sorry. Well, like he's he's really like he's he's really. Maybe the
1: Nets can call him. They have an opening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to get the the only MGK we acknowledge is Michael K Gilchrist, but the the K and the G are, are inverse, so that doesn't work. Um, I, I would go with Iman Shumpert and Tiana Taylor, They're honestly. Fly. Um, I, I I love them. I actually, funny story. Uh, I got a chance to interview Tiana Taylor when I was in college at Hampton. She came and performed uh, during our homecoming weekend, and that was kind of like the first like big name star that I got to interview. And She was just so cool. She was chill. Yeah,
1: she's mad dope. I've I've met her a few times. We're both from New York. Obviously, she's from Harlem. I was born in Brooklyn. Yeah. So I've run into her a bunch of bunch of times throughout the city and a Very dope. Cool chick.
2: Yeah, and and then obviously there's Shump. You know what I'm saying? Shump is New just, York he's legend. that guy. I, I appreciate him. And, and unfortunately, there are no Woj or Shams bombs about, uh, Shump, about Shump joining the NBA. But there was a Shams bomb dropped involving the son of a legend. Here we go. Dwayne Wade's son, Zaire Wade, is signing a contract in the NBA G League and is expected to join the Utah Jazz G League affiliate the Salt Lake City Stars. Obviously, if you know, that's reporting from from Sham Sharani of The Athletic. Obviously, if you know, you know, Dwayne Wade is a, a small owner of the Utah Jazz. So now you've got his son, you know, coming in this way. Now, Now, Ashley, I, I know you've got some things you want to say about this because of the way of the route he's taking, right? He's not going the traditional, you know, go play in college, go through the NBA draft mm-hmm. route. He's going through the G League and we're seeing a lot more, you know what I'm saying, high school kids choose the G League as that option. What do you, what do you make about
1: all this? I mean, I love it. I think, that, you know, these young guys are kind of taking their destiny and their careers in their own hands and what's good for the goose is not necessarily good for the gander. That's a, that's a okay. you
0: know what I'm saying? Okay. Who told you that? You got that that 1960 you just
1: <laughs> drop that little old school, you know, saying in there. You know? If
0: you don't got to go for the goose, you ain't got to I've go been, for the I've slender.
1: Been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been hanging <laughs> around somebody's uncle, apparently. But... <laughs> you hanging <laughs> around...
0: Like, you live in the Mississippi. Some
1: old head. But... <laughs> <laughs> No, That's but funny. in serious, in all seriousness, I mean, I think it's cool that these guys are choosing the paths that are best for them, right? You know, for a long time, it was like you had to go to college in order to be successful. You had to take this path in order to be seen on the big stage. But now there's so many different ways. You can go Gili, you can go overseas, you can go college. And right. now with the NIL, you can actually make a profit on your likeness, your image and all that stuff while in school, which prepares you for the league. Some people want to go ahead and get that real world experience straight off the bat And I think that we shouldn't you know, deter players from doing that. Danny Green, Chris Middleton, Jordan Clarkson are some players that came out of the G League. So it is possible to go from that into the professional league and be successful. I mean, Chris Middleton just want Chip. I so, I mean, there's not there's not one way to do something. And I think, you know, with D-Wade being your father, you have to have those conversations with him and, and pick his brain. And if D-Wade and the family went ahead and ultimately decided that this was a decision that works For his son at this moment in time, you got to trust that they know what they're doing over there. And it'd be cool to see, you know, his son play for the Utah Jazz or if not, you know, somewhere else along within the NBA, rather. And, you know, you got to trust people's decisions and and know that they're doing what's best for them at this moment in time. And I love it.
2: Another guy, you know, that went from G League that then got called up to the NBA and was able to create, you know what I'm saying, a... a a lot of wealth for himself and his family. Langston Galloway Mm -hmm. got called up to the Knicks, remember? Mm -hmm. Got called up from the G League to the Knicks, then goes on and signs a three-year, $21 million deal with the Pistons. I mean, the G League is obviously a route for guys to make the NBA. Lethal, I'm curious, though, for, for high schoolers who are now foregoing college and going straight to the G League, Um, is that better for their development? Do you think that going to college would be a better, you know what I'm saying, situation for them to become better basketball players or is working with G League coaches and trainers the better move for them?
0: Well, it depends on what you're looking for and a good example um, is just basically going to a system that's going to develop you. So if you're going to a team just to say, I'm going to the G League to be cool (laughs) and you just ride the bench and then you end up overseas, I think that's a mistake because if you're a player, you feel like you need to go get an education, you need to get an education as well and I feel like you know some people need to get educated on this to understand that you know his dad is worth 200 300 400 I don't know 500 million dollars so like he right. can he can take this route and in 4 years if it doesn't work you know he's still in position to be successful in life but if you're I'm not trying to tell people don't go after their goals or their dreams But if you're that person that you need, you know, you want to be one of the first people in your family to get a diploma or something like that, I think education is very important as well. Because if you go to G League and things don't work out, a college team isn't going to bring you back at 25 years old to be on their team. So I feel like you need to make sure you go to a system like you're saying, Chris, that's going to, they're saying, look, look, Chris. You come in here, all you, all you need is a jump shot. We got – who you are saying, Chris? Uh, Chris Mullen. We got Chris Mullen in here that's going to develop your jump shot. Mm. And um, the Knicks are looking for a shooter. You come in and you're the, you're the missing piece, so skip college and come here. Cool. If that's not the case, you know, don't go j- chasing dreams trying to be cool on social media just to say that you just signed with a G League team because in the long run that, that doesn't work. And, and Galloway is a great example because at the time Craig Hodges was with – um, the right. Knicks helping him, and Craig right. was telling me so much about him. I was like, yo, I, this this dude's a sniper. This dude's gonna make it. This dude's gonna do that. And that's how me and him became friends because of Craig right. Hodges. And I'm I'm happy for him too because he got it from the ground up, coming from St. Joe's. He was overlooked. Right. So th- that's that's a diamond in the rough. But how many stories are there? to be particular right now in the NBA. It's, it's not many. You know what yeah. I mean? So I feel like just make sure you make the right decision for you and your family. And if they believe in you and you have a structure after basketball, do it. If you don't have a structure after basketball, get an education. And then right after there, you make the decisions.
1: I think, I think that's a good point, too, because... Look, at the end of the day, not everyone's going to be able to go to Duke. Not everyone's going to be able to yeah. go to UNC. Not everyone's going to be able to go to Syracuse. Not everyone's going to get into these big programs. And we talk, you know, Jalen Rose said something really interesting to me when I interviewed him in Detroit. He said, the NIL is great if you're in a big program, but let's not pretend that the NIL is going to affect everyone the same way because not everyone's going to get into the same type of program. And that's true. So if you're in a position where maybe you're not going to get into those programs that bring in billions and millions of dollars and you're not really going to be able to get the same level of exposure College may not be the route for you, especially if you know, you're know you the one whose success is going to set your family up and future family up for generations, right? Some people want to go ahead and start making right. that money immediately. And the G League or playing overseas not only provides them with real game experience in a way that college doesn't, because the, the transition from college to professional, some guys can't make it because it's drastically different, right? And some guys are right. able to make that transition a little bit easier, and some guys just even easier in general, but the G League provides you with the kind of the best of both worlds. You can still develop, you can still make money, but it's also giving you real world experience of what it's potentially like and some capacity, obviously not exactly the same of what it's like playing in the professional basketball league. And, you know, that's, you know, some, for some people that's priceless. That's just, that's really what they want.
2: Yeah. And, and two things, you 100%. know, I Number one, to any Jazz fans listening to this podcast, this episode, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see Zaire Wade in an actual Utah Jazz NBA jersey this season. Know you know, that. that's know I, I I would be, if, if he is in a jersey, then you know just how much power Dwayne Wade got in that organization because he is, you know what I'm saying, I, that's a team that's angling for a championship, right? They're trying to compete and to try to get basically a high school kid onto the floor uh, so soon, yeah, I, I think it'll true. be tough, but... Shout out you shout outs to Dwayne Wade. You know what I'm saying? That's you know what I'm saying. If you're a father and you are in a position to put on for your son the way he just did, I mean, massive win. Huge win. I
1: think it's also interesting too, because you look at Zaire and then you look at somebody like Bronny James. This is a perfect example, right? right. Bronny has so much more exposure than Zaire has gotten, although they kind of came up at the same time. And that goes back to this conversation. The exposure really is sometimes priceless because you can be so talented, right? But if nobody knows... Then it doesn't give you the same opportunities that somebody else may have. And yes, people say if you're you're super talented, people will find you. That's not true because I know some pe- talented ball players at Rucker and Dykeman, who nobody knows them from <laughs> Joe Schmo on the corner. You know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily mean yeah. talent doesn't necessarily mean exposure. So I think we have to respect that the game is changing, the way to get into the NBA is changing, and everyone's path is going to look drastically different, and there's no right or wrong way to get to the same destination. That's ultimately how I feel.
0: I think it's different. I think now it's way more opportunity for the guys that are at the – deitmans and the ruckers now because of social media Fact, so that's true back right. yeah back yeah. in the day you know we might skip out on a guy like damn man homie might have dropped 60 points at the Rutgers. It was like an urban Shit, legend you, right right <laughs> now now if you're around the way and you're dropping 60 at a Rucker or a, um drew league or something it's going to be a good chance. If you're looking to go overseas to make 500000 or you're looking to get in the G League team, you're going to get picked It used up, to be so. an
1: urban legend like, yo, you speed up on drop not, 65 on buddies, Right, head right. right. Earl the, the Goat,
0: man, the goat, used to touch the top of the back. If Earl the Goat, man, the goat was around these days, he would be in the NBA for sure. So when he
1: hit the windmill and then did the backwards dunk and then right. he had, right. just,
0: <laughs> I'm telling right. you the truth.
1: i seen it with my right. own eyes. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. right, right. I remember one
2: time, Ashley took off from the free throw line backwards. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> backwards? You had to be there, man.
1: You had to be there.
2: I'm telling you. Listen, I got something for y'all, though. If, If this is how Zaire Wade is going to be able to play for his father's team... Do y'all think that now we see Bronny take the same route and maybe join the Lakers on the G League insanity. and now you get the G League call up? <laughs> I think mm. LeBron's got more than enough power to pull that. that. Would be,
1: well, of course, mm-hmm. LeBron James basically owns LeBron, the Lakers, yeah. but that would be Why My be, be a minority I, owner I, of that team? I, I truthfully would like to see both Zaire and Bronny take their own paths. I think, you know, it's hard enough when you have a father – that's a professional athlete, but when you have a father that's a Hall of Fame level athlete yeah, and somebody right. to the level that D-Wade and LeBron James are, it's a little, right. it's it's added pressure. Not only that, I mean, Bronny shares LeBron's name. You know what I mean? Of course we call him Bronny, but he's a junior. Right. It's just, it's unnecessary pressure, I think, that these guys deserve to kind of get out of their father's shadows and and carve yeah. and, and showcase people who they are outside of their last name and their DNA and I would like to see them get that start elsewhere. I mean, it would be a cool storyline, yeah. but I don't think it'd be cool for them. I think that they deserve the chance to be on their own.
0: Well, the one thing I can say about him, because you know we watch film together and D-Wade allows me to give input with his shooting and stuff. He actually has gotten ten times better that he has um, okay. over the years. Like, 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 and, and I can say this as a friend because D-Wade's my guy, and he lets me, you know, do stuff with his as far as when it comes to shooting and watching film. Like when I first met him, it, to me, it, it, I was just like, he doesn't even have a chance playing basketball. He needs to do something else. And then that's when the athleticism started getting higher. That's when his IQ started getting better. That's when his passes started getting better. That's when his shooting started getting better. And that's when his hunger to the game got 10 times better. So, and remember we haven't seen him actually play in a game and how long we don't know. So I I feel like, you know, he's not just this kid that's like, it's just D Wade's son. Like, I feel like he's a kid that if he wasn't D Wade's son and he was saying, all right, look, I want to go play for overtime or I want to go play, uh, something for Nike, or I want to go play for the G League. I think they will take him because it, it, he has that ability right now. it's to be developed into a pure NBA player in a few years if he continues to get bigger,
2: stronger, and um, and and shoot the basketball at that size. Right, and we've got history of uh, of Hall of Fame players with kids that have not panned out to their level. No, and it's nothing wrong with that. that that's, wrong like, with it. that's like that's like. Yeah, it's nothing wrong. With Sometimes that. the apple yeah.
1: does fall far from the tree. It just yeah. is what it is. You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah. And she go with. A... Sometimes the <laughs> apple do fall from. the tree. Lethal in his bag today. She killing oh, me with these yeah. saying <laughs> 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 Oh my goodness! Look, mm-hmm. it, he's got he's got big shoes to fill. Just like any Saturday Night Live host, and that's where we're going next. Uh, Kim Kardashian hosted Saturday Night Live this past Kim Sunday. Kim Kardashian West and put
1: some respect on her name. Uh,
2: Kim Kardashian West, excuse me, that's not what my script reads, but we'll go with it anyways. Kim Kardashian West hosted Saturday Night Live this past Saturday, Uh, and according to my Twitter timeline, she killed it. I'm I'm looking at it from the timeline because I ain't watched Saturday Night Live. I hope y'all did. Uh, But just look at some of these tweets from at bound to Kim K. Okay, so these are fan accounts that are tweeting about Kim K. Number one. So we already know they're going to ride for her no matter what. Bound to Kim K says, I'm going to let you finish. But Kim Kardashian West had the best opening monologue on Saturday Night Live of all time. Um, uh, Ashley, we'll start with you. Uh, who who is someone that you would want to see host Saturday Night Live? Is there an NBA player or an NFL player? Who who would you want to who would you want to see? Well,
1: first of all, it she didn't have the best monologue of all time. She had a really good one. She did obviously she didn't write it herself. You know, they have writers on SNL, but you still have to be able to deliver it and you still have to have comedic timing and things like that. She's not a comedian. And for someone who's not a comedian, I think she did really well. Um, I thought the skits were funny. I think they definitely played to her abilities, you know, again, not everybody's Eddie Murphy, not everybody is Chris Rock or Kevin Hart. Everyone is not that funny. But I think SNL, the cool thing about it is seeing people who aren't comedians outside of their comfort zone and doing things that Man. they normally wouldn't do in an acting, you know, stand-up skit type of vibe. So I think she did really, really well. Um the ratings showcase that everybody was tuned in. So shout out to her, shout out to SNL. Somebody that I would like to see host the show, he actually was on um, Kim Kardashian's episode of SNL, Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin is hilarious. I think that he has like this dorky kind of just <laughs> off the grid, just very just awkward type of Comedic timing and humor and I genuinely find that endearing. I think he's funny I think he's not afraid to kind of put himself out there. I've seen him in certain things I saw him, you know in the skit that he did with Kim Kardashian It was like a bachelor type vibe and he was one of the bachelors And I just think that I don't know. I think as basketball players go He's probably one of the funniest and I would love to see him host it. I think he would kill it
2: That's fun. you know, he actually spoke about it uh, on on Sunday uh, the day after, and he says, "You know, it was good. It was fun." Uh, he said he's been a fan of that show for a long time, so it's cool to get that credit actually finally being on there. Lethal, do you have any uh, any anybody? I know he's gonna hate me for saying
0: this, but oh, like no. you guys say, he he has a sense of humor. I'm gonna go with Dennis Schroeder, uh, because the situation that happened, I know Saturday Night Live will have a, a killing with that episode. Like as far as like the situation that happened to him with the money situation. So and the good thing it showed us too, um, he. He's making a joke out of it, if that makes sense. So I feel like mm-hmm. he can go in there and 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 they and the comedians and stuff will do some skits that it's like people are losing money and he's the reason why or something. Like I think people will be that would people will find that. I hilarious. can't even see oh, him like, doing
1: an opening monologue though. Like I can't I can't really. I,
0: I know him personally, like, and that's yeah, like Dennis is real like he's real chill, real funny. He's a comedian, but like you say, like it's social media, it's NBA, so it's like they're a certain type of way. But Dennis is a funny dude and 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 another thing, he's very talkative. You know what I mean. So, yeah, don't don't get him. I think he's he
2: he'll be perfect for that. He he'd be good as long as they don't offer him a four year, eighty four million dollar deal to do Sunday In his
1: defense, he said he never saw that contract. Okay, he never saw it. Okay. <laughs> Listen,
2: I I do think that DeAndre Jordan would be a good pick for for Saturday Night Live just because he's one of the most hilarious basketball players I've ever been able to cover. And just him, I think maybe you do something with him and Blake Griffin on there together. They're comedy, they're jokes together. That that would be I hilarious. think Jimmy
1: Butler would also be pretty hilarious. Like I feel oh, like Jimmy goodness. Jimmy has a funny sense of humor. Like Jimmy's always cracking jokes at pressers. Yeah. He's always cracking jokes like on social media. Um, the guys in the locker room will tell you he's funny I mean the man was charging 20 dollars a cup for a coffee in the bubble like <laughs> you know I mean? hey,
0: that's 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 a that's a genius move and when you I mean? and and when, if they're gonna pay for it put it up there
1: and when you ask him why he was charging so much he said these guys are millionaires they can afford it <laughs> like,
0: right,
2: I think, right I think I think these Jimmy are, would do really really facts. well
1: I think it'd be funny
2: listen I know we, we spoke on on good fathers in terms of uh Dwayne Wade putting on for, for, for Zaire Wade. We've got another father uh, that's kinda doing a lot. Uh LeVar Ball. Oh gosh. Uh Lethal, I know you, you kinda wanted to to talk about this, but LeVar's got some some nine hundred dollar big baller brand sneakers. What? And Let's say this. Number one, on certified buckets, we support black business, right? That first and foremost. I, I, there's there's a, a a pharmacy around the corner, owned by a, a, a nice older black woman. I go there every time. You know what I'm saying? I need toothpaste. I need I need you know what I'm saying? Deodorant, whatever it is. I'm not going to Target. I'm not going to to any other store. I'm going to her. I'm giving her my money, even if she's charging a little bit more. Nine hundred dollars, Lethal. I, I know you said you had some some things you wanted to say. This. I'm not giving Levar Ball nine hundred of my hard-earned dollars. I don't know about
1: you. Wait, time out. Before, before Lethal gets into this, he has nerve to drop his shoe the same day his sh- his son's shoe dropped with Puma. That is audacity. <gasps> oh,
2: that's <laughs> LaMelo's shoe Dang. just
1: dropped. His first signature shoe just dropped with Puma, and this man unveils a BBB $900 sneaker. Come on. Come on, i Riding
0: LaMelo's coattails? Is he riding the coattails of his son? That no, that's called a business how do you write a coattail of your son and he made the son? That's
1: out of control. I mean You can't let him have his moment the he can't have his moment.
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like, you know well, we say oh how come his price is that price how come dior is the price how come Balenciaga? how come those companies can sell stuff at a certain price but when when somebody takes their price up it's like oh man this person is tripping that's the value that he wants it to be at and we all have a we all have an opinion to buy it or to not buy it but I think he does a good job of doing that because he knows what it's gonna go viral that's like me and you Chris and as we all come out with a certified bucket hoodie right? And then we post on our platform, the hoodies are going for $1,200. What is everybody everybody go do in the comments? Oh my goodness, why does it cost? Then it's going to go viral.
1: I'm not buying it for $1,200. Y'all got me twisted. But,
0: <laughs> but people do buy, as you know, in fashion. Are people out here buying $1,200 hoodies? Oh, for sure.
1: Absolutely. And you can charge whatever you want for your products, right? But I think when you look at Dior and, and Louis and Prada and Gucci and those right. brands.
0: What's, the difference? You know, that's What's a, the difference?
1: That's an established history of of luxury, right? That 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 okay. wasn't something overnight. Those prices those prices gradually increase in with inflation. Can
0: we look to see how much uh those brands cost when they first came out? Let, let's see. But
1: I can tell you they were a fraction of the price. It was expensive. It was expensive in terms of what. The dollar was worth back then, but if you look at right. what it w- is worth now, I can guarantee you a Louis Vuitton bag in like 1920 doesn't cost what it costs in 2021. LeVar is coming out the gate with $900 sneakers that his own son, let's not- What's wrong with on, that? Let's not forget that his own son came out and said that his shoe exploded at one point. Let's not forget <laughs> everybody
0: for everybody has had an explosion before Adidas Nike Lonzo Reebok
1: come, but Puma they're not $900 sneakers it, it that's not the point. I got a question you cuz you're big for on fashion Have sneakers? you
0: ever bought have you ever bought something of luxury and it ripped or something happened to it anything No
1: I've been lucky it it oh. hasn't but
0: Oh you get money money ha- Oh okay listen, my listen, bad it, I, I it, can't it, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chris we can't compete Here's with the this thing.
1: You Here's know what a, mean?
0: Here. I mean I wear Walmart <laughs> hoodies
1: Listen, here's here's the thing. It does Obviously, it does happen. At the end of the day, a product is not a perfect thing, right? right? But I think when you buy certain products, you expect certain quality. And if you're going to go ahead and straight out the gate, charge something that's $900 and you have somebody with the bald last name, and I'm talking about Lonzo, going on the record and saying that the shoe was defective and it exploded, you kind of look at it sideways. And on top of that, the fact that he posted a video almost shading mellows move to puma also makes you look at the 900 hundred dollar value of the sneakers sideways also i'm not knocking the hustle i'm knocking the way that he's going about doing it that's the issue that i have yeah.
2: i'm knocking the hustle listen if you everybody's talking about support black business now nah, how about you support your community stefan marbury dropped them starberries right for how low look at Lisa, you have the same thing, the same
1: thing. and i
0: support and i support it Marbury Good. and I respect him and Shaquille O'Neal, but I still respect Levar Ball for what he's doing as well. And why why not drop it on the same day? Because I tell you one thing, I don't think Lamelo didn't know what his dad's gonna do. Because the one thing we could say about them, they're all businessmen, and they were raised by this. Is the same guy that was buying his kids. I could be wrong. He bought like somebody like a Lambo or something in high school, so he knows he knows exactly what he's doing. So Levar, if you're listening to this, just know I'm behind you. I mean, for I don't sure. got nine hundred dollars. But exactly. if I had $900, brother, I I, I, I would buy him. I, I'm a little poor. My I can't it it. afford can It seems it.
1: almost like he, he feels that like them having his last name and their success and that he did an exceptional job with them as a father. I mean, you have two sons in the NBA. You have one in the G League draft. Obviously, you did well. Why is that not enough for you? Why do you have to go ahead and, and almost bully them into representing the BBB brand when there's other paths that are probably better for them and that they feel more comfortable and they want to you know carve their own way in the world? It's not enough that they you know credit you that for everything that you've done for this point and that they go out there with your last name on their jersey and you see them succeed and you know that you had all of the you know part in making that happen. Why does everything have to revolve around you? I think that's the criticism of Levar. It's it's like, when is enough enough? As a father, when is enough enough to just take a step back and say, you know what? I would love for them to rep the family business and the brand, but it's okay if they don't. Because look at what we did as a family. Look at look at what we've we've accomplished. We've already beaten the odds. And I think that's the criticism of him. It's just, it's icky sometimes. And I don't, I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way. I can
2: agree with you with that. Listen, Lonzo is making enough money and LaMelo is going to be making enough money. They need to just start paying Levar an allowance.
1: Not an allowance. That, Jesus. Gotta
2: shut all this down. <laughs> All right, before we end
0: the show, let's get into the Certified Bucket of the Week.
1: Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the Certified Bucket
0: of the Week. Every week, we pick one lucky person that's the Certified Bucket. This week, uh, myself, I have to go with Candace Parker. Uh, What she's been doing is is unreal, And, and it's crazy because I think last episode or maybe the one before that, me and Ashley and Chris, we were saying this is why we should watch more WNBA games because of the fundamentals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of how they play in the game and how much passion they have. Now, not saying people have it, but now everybody's like, oh, my God, these WNBA games are crazy. They've always been crazy. They've always been this good. It's just nobody was giving them credit. Um, I wasn't happy with what she's doing to my team because Skylar is one of my clients. <laughs> but keep doing your thing, Candice. Um, I trained her two years ago with the artist Shooting for Summer. Um, keep shooting that pill, but just ease up a little bit on the Mercury, please. please and you please. also
1: have to shout, shout out <laughs> Diana Taurasi. I mean, they're facing off against each other. She was voted as the GOAT by WNBA wow. fans. So the greatest basketball player of all time for the WNBA. Fact. And we get to see both of these sensational women go at each other in the WNBA Finals. If you are not watching, you are missing out. I promise you. Right.
2: I'm going with Hillbilly Kobe. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Austin Reeves, Lakers rookie. You know what I'm saying? I believe he went undrafted. And he's just lighting it up. I know the Nets brought him in for a pre-draft workout and he didn't he didn't stick there. But, I mean, the the, the Lakers have a need for a guy who's going to be able to spot up, hit some shots. And he's just scrappy, running around, playing defense. He's, he's like this year's Caruso, right? Except this guy's actually like Gonna be like I, I I'm I'm really enjoying what I've seen from. Him. Do I think he's gonna break into the rotation? Probably not. But it's good to see a, a guy like that. Just you know, what I'm saying running around and then the nickname just Hillbilly Kobe is incredible. I mean, if that's if that if that's the nickname you're getting out of college, then you're doing something right. Yeah, he got a J ball. I I was very
0: satisfied in watching. But and the one thing we we all can say on this podcast too, he ain't afraid to shoot that thing. He he's out there mamba mentality. I love it. So stay yeah. tuned because yeah,
1: I gotta go with J R Smith. Um, he, yes, ma'am. he shot an 81 in his first golf tournament and look, he mm. used to golf just for the fun of it, but shooting and, and, and do art playing rather in a tournament is drastically different. And he's doing really well. Just the whole college experience for JR, Just he wears it really, really well. I'm excited to see what this new chapter of his life looks like. He's really enjoying the experience. It's kind of cool. It's like a second life. You know, you dedicate so much yeah. of your life to basketball. And it, it reminds me of something that the you know late, great Kobe Bryant said. He said, I spent so much of my life playing this game, and that was all I ever focused on. And now that that's over, I can focus on my family, but I can also focus on my passion projects. And for him, that was, you know, getting involved in documentaries and and coaching Gigi's team and, and getting involved in business, you know, with body armor and things like that. And I, I love seeing athletes get that second life. And, and JR is really enjoying his. He's a champion. He's, he's reached the highest of the high, you know, the, the ultimate mountaintop and being an NBA champion. And now he gets to, you know, relive the times that he may have missed out on. And that's being a regular college yeah. kid and with a whole lot more money. That is definitely beneficial because <laughs> eating ramen and PB&J every night was not a fun time. Tell you that much.
0: That was a fun time for me. I still eat and ramen. Hey, <laughs> ramen last night. I love night. me
1: some ramen. <laughs> Oodle
2: noodles. <laughs> if I could have bet on... <laughs> if I could have bet on JR thriving at any sport after basketball, it probably would have either been golf or tennis. Individual mm. sports, right? Because those are sports where... JR was was an ISO player, right? He's, for a lot of his career, he was trying to get his own bucket. And then as he got older, he realized, okay, well, I got to fit in where I can get in. Golf and tennis, they kind of allow you to be yourselves, right? Especially on... And, and for for JR, just a sport where he can focus... Focus on mm-hmm. and you can actually chart the improvement day by day. I'm 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 really excited to see where his career I, goes. And he
1: also gave us one of the greatest memes and moments in NBA history oh, with the LeBron looking at him oh, with his man. arms up, like, bro, what are you doing?
2: Oh, <laughs> hey, he wants us to leave that in the past. That was one of the Shout greatest things you, I've J-R. ever you seen. Can...
1: It was it was a moment that will forever go down as a moment. Thank you, J.R. Oh, Smith. I, I appreciate you. And also, as a New York Knicks fan, I appreciate you as well. That was a great time for us. That was we miss you very much in New York. But Guys, right. we wrapped another episode of Certified Buckets. How are you feeling?
2: Wow. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like anything is possible. Listen,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't mention that anymore. He's moved past that chapter of his life. Right. <laughs> And you guys go ahead and make sure you do yourselves a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And look, make sure you shoot your shot on social media, at certified buckets, no vowels in the word buckets, because we are too cool for all of that, like I keep telling you. And we definitely want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until then, peace, because we out.